It had been five years since our church had even done a funeral. Um, before that, it was at least uh, another five. So uh, it's been in my heart that we really haven't dealt with suffering very much. Um, and there are times or, or, or sorrow, I guess would be a better word. And I wanted to um, look at Psalm 139 because it speaks of the wonder of God and his knowing of us. And I know that some of you were disappointed because you didn't get to say goodbye. Um, and, you know, that's a legitimate frustration. But the truth is, most death happens in a way that we don't necessarily get to say everything we wanted to say or does, things don't always get resolved quite the way we want them resolved. And ultimately, when we're processing that, at some point, there's going to be a, a thing before the Lord saying, why did this happen this way? Why did it go this path? And even with, with any anger in some ways, it ultimately goes back to God. Because there is this you know my situation and you've placed me here, so why is this going on? And I think to, again, affirm the goodness and wonder of God is one of those things that we come to terms with, and out of that comes our healing. And uh, I want to encourage you that you know, we're going to enter into communion a little later, and this is a season of thanksgiving, so I'm going to ask if you have thanksgivings that you'd like to share, but also if you have some memories in, in regard to Emily. I know only a few got to share publicly, but there might be some things you'd like to say, and, and we'll give time for that. How's that? And just uh, take it as, as we will. Um, Psalm 139. Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit, when I rise, you know my thoughts from afar, you search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. You know when I go to Walmart, you know when, I, you know, that seems like the least godly thing possible, right? But somehow he's, he's connected in such a thing. You know me at work. You know me at home. You know when I get up. You know me at mealtime. Every single facet of my life that I could think of and all of my activity, you're attached to that. You're, you are involved and aware. I find that both wondrous and frightening. <laughs> right? But... Every single thing that I do, you're connected to. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. You hem me in behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. Even before I speak, you know what's going to be said. And when it comes out, you hear. Where shall I go from your spirit? Can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you're there. 
The Sheol is kind of an interesting word. Some translated depths of the earth, some translated as hell. Uh, it's, it was one of those phrases that's not real clear as to maybe people weren't sure where it was. But they're saying, you know, what he's saying is it doesn't matter if it's in the unseen in regard to heaven, if it's down uh, below or, or wherever that is, he says, there's no, there's no getting away from you. If I take wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me. You know, for that day, the, about the farthest away you could get away from home would be to go to sea. And go find some foreign country, and yet he's going, you're there? We don't, we don't move away from this. Surely darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. Again, it's one more picture of what usually keeps us from, from seeing others. Some, somewhere this week, I got into conversation with someone about caving. And if you've ever gone, and you get in, really, a couple turns, and if you shut off the flashlight, there is nothing, Right? Just no visual whatsoever. And yet, he's saying about the darkness, he says, that doesn't even stop you. And sometimes, you know, we, we have this picture, well, you can't see me now. Well, even in the dark, he says. He says, you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. And again, this is, this is one of those passages where if you're wrestling with identity issues and why am I made this way? Why do I think like this? Why does this go on? Why am I attached to this family? Why am I in this community? Why, 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 why? In him, it's good. And he's aware of every facet of it. And yet his hand is attached to it in a good way. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your, your eyes saw my unformed substance. I used to puzzle over this passage, but the commentators will say, even when I was in this embryonic state, you, un you understood that. Even, even before I really had form in, 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 uh, with bones and everything else, he said, you knew. You understood it. In your book were written every one of the days that were formed for me when there was none of them yet. So... You, you know the full extent of my life even before I was conceived. It's a powerful thought. How precious are your thoughts, O oh God, how vast the sum of them. I would count them, they are more than the sand. I would awake and, and I am still with you. I, I you know, when, when I used to think about creation and planets and all of this, you're going, okay, that's a pretty big God. You 
know, and how does, uh, how can that kind, how can he hold all that together? And then, then you start looking at the micro side of things, and you and you realize the complexity even of each body and each cell, and you're going, really holding all that together? And then along come computers, and you're going, it's just a matter of memory, another memory chip, so to speak. And suddenly, it's almost like that, that idea of, could all that in, be put in one place? And we're going, not a big deal, just more memory. Well, in, in this sense, we're saying of our God, his memory is unlimited. His knowledge is, is without bounds. And, and so when, when you know, the psalms goes, the sand, we can't count that. That's like, that's the number of your thoughts. But really, we're just going, this vast intelligence who created all things, who holds it together, who, who oversees every life and knows the details, he's involved with us personally. And he cares about our thoughts, and he cares about each situation. And, and so there's, when, when we're frustrated and we're not sure where things are going and we're angry at times, there's a source who, who gets it and knows. And that's where we find our peace. And somehow he speaks to us through his spirit and there's this awareness of, it's going to be okay. It works out. He's got it under control. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. Now the psalmist says, oh, that men would, you would slay the wicked, O God. Men of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malice and intent. Enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? Do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them as my enemies. He says, I am not attaching my life to evil. I am not going to be bound with uh, my friendships you know, that they're influencing me. I'm not going to allow that to, to be the source of, of my strength. He says, I am committed to the one who knows and sees all and who has investment in me. And I'm going to link my life to him. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be some grievous way in me and lead me in the everlasting way says, you're the one who knows it all. You're the one whose leadership I want. Guide my life. Praise to God. Let's participate in communion together.